Hello and welcome to the Buying and Selling Businesses Show. My name is Phil Jepson. I'm a serial entrepreneur and I'm the founder of UK Business Capital Partners. We buy, partner with and invest in businesses to help them achieve their true potential. It's now two years since I set out on my journey to buy businesses. This week, I want to talk about some of the things that I've learned in that time, and also have a look at what is driving the market right now. What are the market fundamentals, and how have they changed over the last two years? The big question is, if I'd known then what I know now, would I have set out on this journey of entrepreneurship by acquisition? The answer is absolutely, definitely, and categorically, yes, I would. In the last two years, my life has changed beyond measure. In the last two years, the world has also shifted beyond measure. If you think back to the early part of 2019, we talked about Corona as a type of Mexican beer. Now, it has a much larger, more significant and more sinister meaning. At that time, the world economic outlook looked pretty much okay, and it looked like things would carry on as they had been doing for a while. Obviously, over that time, everything's changed. What I want to do today is look at the impact on the supply side of the market, the demand side of the market, funding and investment, and then finally, talk about some fundamentals and lessons that I've learned over the last two years. Let's begin by talking about supply. This is an area I've discussed before, but I want to look at it again, firstly to bring it up to date, and then secondly, potentially take a slightly different angle on it. The first thing to say is that right now, there's no shortage of supply. And that's driven by a number of factors, some of them unique to the current world situation, but some of them are ongoing. The first one which is ongoing is age. On an ongoing basis, there are always going to be a number of business owners that just reach the end of the line. They hit an age and a stage in their lives where they don't want to do it anymore and they want to sell their businesses. Commonly, they don't have a ready-made successor either within the family or within the business itself. So they need an external solution and we can provide that solution. The factors which are more related to what's going on out there right now are firstly that there's a number of businesses which are in trouble or in a terminal state, which is directly relating to the pandemic. They're severely in distress. They're on the market. Some people are interested in buying things like that. Personally, I'm not. The second group are ones where the business itself is not in distress as such, but the owner is. 
I mean, the business may be struggling a bit right now in the short term, but if it was a good business before the pandemic, it may well be a good business afterwards as well. It's just that the owner, for whatever reason, can't face going through the process of taking the business through and out the other side of the pandemic and the recession that it's caused. The other driver right now is the potential increase in capital taxes, certainly in the UK. At the moment, if an owner sells a business, then it's quite likely that on the first million pounds they receive, they'll only pay 10% tax. And they'll probably only pay 20% or just over, maybe up to 29% on the balance. And that's typically around half of what they'd pay on income. The noises coming from the UK government very much suggest that they're thinking about equalising capital taxes with income taxes. And if that is done, it could mean that the tax repercussions on a business seller could be significantly more severe than they are right now and could mean that a deal done after the changes would cost them hundreds of thousands of pounds more in tax than it would cost them if they did the deal now. And obviously the fear of that happening is driving a lot of transactions in the short term. I spoke to a corporate finance advisor the other day who said that in the whole of 2020 he completed 18 deals. Right now he's got 18 deals to complete on his desk within the next six weeks. So right now there is a lot of supply and a lot of deals taking place. That could mean of course that later in the year there'll be a downturn and not so many available because anything that was going to sell this year is being sold now. Now, let's take a look at the demand side of the market. Demand for businesses has increased significantly over the last two years. The main reason for this is that people who used to show others how to buy real estate are shifting and running courses showing people how to buy businesses. There are now a lot of courses available teaching individuals how to buy businesses for a pound or how to buy businesses without using any of their own money or how to generate passive income by owning businesses. And the end result of this, these courses are turning out people who think that they can go out and readily and straightforwardly buy one or more businesses. Of course, this isn't the case because there's a lot more to it than that, but it is having the effect of causing a lot of background noise in the market and making it more difficult for genuine buyers, for educated buyers and experienced buyers to get themselves heard above all the background noise. In this respect, buying businesses has very much gone the same way that real estate, real estate went, which may well mean that deals become harder to find simply because there's more people out there prospecting. Now I want to talk about lending and finance. Two years ago, it was easy to borrow money to buy a business where that business had a strong base of physical assets. Asset-based finance for a while has been the easiest and in some cases the cheapest form of financing available for deals. And that's still very much the case. What has changed though is where you have a deal where there aren't a lot of physical assets and you need to borrow money just against the balance sheet of the business, which is known as cash flow lending. Right now, that type of borrowing is very difficult to come by. That market tends to be a lot more volatile than the asset-backed market, more expensive, more demanding on you, and that doesn't look likely to change anytime soon. There has been one innovation that I've seen recently, which has been a revolving credit type funding, 
which is quite useful because it gives you a lot of flexibility. It's almost like having an overdraft and buying the business using your overdraft. All you do is pay interest on the total amount available. You don't have to necessarily make capital repayments on an ongoing basis. Like overdrafts though, this type of funding can be quite expensive. The other area of innovation has been the adaption of the government's coronavirus business interruption loan scheme to use in business acquisitions. And actually here, lenders have been quite innovative. They've taken advantage of the fact that CBILS funding is guaranteed by the government, certainly up to 80%, and also it gives a payment holiday for the first 12 months for the borrower because there's no capital repayable for the first 12 months and the government covers the interest payments. That comes to an end as things stand at the end of March 2021. So it's quite likely that at the moment it's a combination of that plus the impending capital tax rises that's driving the high level of deals. The area of funding that is still underdeveloped in relation to buying businesses is that of investors, of equity investors. More people are talking about it now, but I'm still not really seeing it very often. Equity investment can be more expensive, but it provides long-term funding for the acquisition and then the growth and development of the business. And also potentially you get the knowledge, the contacts and the input from the investors. Below the level of private equity, it still hasn't really penetrated into the market. It's an area that I'm very keen to develop, but my problem has been that I don't really have the contact base into the right sort of people who are willing to take the risk and to invest for the period of time which is required in businesses, which is probably three to five years. The rewards and returns can be substantially greater than those from real estate. And I've talked about this a few times now. We could be talking about doubling, trebling, or getting five times your investment back over three to five years, which is a wonderful return when you compare it to the other options that investors have out there right now. It's a case of getting investors to understand what's involved and to understand the risks and the ways in which those risks can be mitigated. So let's move on and talk about the fundamentals and the lessons that I've learned or some of the lessons I've learned over the last two years. It's said that the reason for buying an existing business rather than starting a new one is that it's easier. Well, the answer to that is yes and no. The great thing about an existing business is that it will have customers, it will have a business model, it will have a market, it will have some financial and physical infrastructure, and it avoids having to go through that growth curve, the first part of the growth curve from zero to something. The other side of that equation, though, is that whereas with a startup, you can just start up with entrepreneurship by acquisition, you've got to find a business that interests you, that has the elements that you're looking for, and then you've got to persuade the current owner of the business to sell it and to sell it to you and there's obviously quite a bit involved in that if someone asked me the question straight out if you had the choice right now what would you do would you buy a business or would you start one my answer would be all day long I would buy a business but before going down that route you've got to appreciate the challenges in just getting to the point of doing an acquisition With all that in mind, if you are thinking about buying a business or you've decided you want to buy a business, then the first thing you need to do is build a pipeline. You've got to work very hard on your deal flow. A large percentage of businesses you talk to will either reject you or you will reject them. I did a quick calculation and I reckon that 
in order to get my first acquisition in May this year, I spoke to 93 businesses. One of the reasons why there's such a lot of attrition in the process is the degree of fear that surrounds it. And that fear exists in both the potential buyer and the potential seller. And it's really important to understand this. The seller is afraid that you're trying to pull a fast one on them. You're trying to get their business on the cheap. You're going to do horrible things to the business after you buy it. And that for one reason or another, you won't pay them the money that you've promised to pay. They're also scared about what will happen to them afterwards because selling their business means they're going to move on to a new phase in their lives. And that's a big deal. On the buyer's side, People are scared that the seller's lying to them. The business isn't really what they say it is. That there are problems which are buried and hidden somewhere. It's all too good to be true. And a combination of the fears on both sides can very readily kill a deal. This is one reason why it's very good to have top quality advisors on both sides. Advisors that are commercial, entrepreneurial and want the deal to happen. Or at least want to facilitate the possibility of the deal happening. The third fundamental relates to the reason why you want to buy a business or businesses in the first place. The courses that people are taking right now all talk about making money, making easy money, making passive money, passive wealth by owning businesses. I think that if you're going into this simply to make as much money as possible, you're on a road to disappointment, but also you're missing a huge part of the point and a huge opportunity. This is not about financial maximization. As I said in my presentation at Mega Success in November 2019, small and medium-sized businesses are the heart and soul of the economy. It's not just about money. It's about lives and livelihoods and families. And what you're doing is securing succession for businesses which generate livelihoods, which enhance and enrich lives. Yours, the customers, and the people who work in the business. The next fundamental that I've learned is it's not always easy to turn a bad business into a good one. It very much depends on what's wrong with it, but you need to be very careful about being over-optimistic that you can fix things readily or straightforwardly because sometimes it's not that easy and I'm learning that lesson the hard way. It's certainly possible to build wealth through acquiring businesses, particularly if you are able to acquire several businesses. It's possible, but firstly, it's not easy and in order to make it work and make it work for you in the long term, you need to be doing it for the right reasons. In the next three episodes of the Buying and Selling Businesses show, I'm going to be doing interviews with very successful entrepreneurs involved some way or other in the process of buying businesses, both in the UK and around the world. This is Philip Jepson, and this has been the Buying and Selling Businesses show. If you're interested in finding out more about buying businesses, if you're interested in buying a business yourself, and want a partner to work with. If you know someone who has a business that they want to sell, or are thinking about selling, or are unsure about their future, then please get in touch. And if you want to talk about the ways to invest in businesses, and invest in buying businesses, and the people who are buying businesses, then again, please get in touch. <laughs>